0: This morning, what makes you glad? What makes you happy. The psalmist wrote in Psalms one twenty two, verse one, he says, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. He was happy. the dictionary defines the word glad as a feeling of joy or pleasure. A delighted feeling. A a feeling of being pleased. It is said to be characterized by or the showing of cheerfulness. Another word we might use is elated. What makes you happy? What makes you glad? You know in the world today, we, a lot of things make us happy, don't they? A lot of material things. I was happy when I got a new boat. I was happy when I was able to build a home. I was happy when my first child was born, and then on two other occasions, happiness that brought tears. But it also brought fear because now I was a parent. And God had given me three souls that I was responsible for. We often see on social media posts and other things related to this topic and it says, I have a picture and it'll say, my happy place. Often it's the picture of a favorite place to attend, amusement park, or maybe a lakeside or on a boat or at a ball game or whatever the case may be, my happy place. And we often talk about that. I want to go to my happy place. Of course, we need places to relax. And to get away from the daily grind. But shouldn't the sentiment. Of the psalmist this morning. The singer of Israel. Be even shared by the saints of God today. To say I was glad. When they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord shouldn't we have that same thoughts today so certainly we should but I ask is that the case is that the case with each of you and me this morning are we glad when we're in the presence of the Lord Or are we happier being in a field or on a lake or wherever the case may be? You see, when we ask ourselves that and we do a self-examination, our answer should be that in the house of the Lord is my happy place. Sometimes the happy place of our lives in this old world come before the happy place that where God in the house of the Lord is. You see, these are this morning I'm going to share several indicators that some are not at all delighted or pleased or elated about going. To the house of the Lord. Sometimes sporadic attendance suggests that men are seeking joy and pleasure elsewhere. But you know, faithful Christians this morning are pleased. And notice I said faithful. Faithful Christians are pleased and elated by the opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord on every occasion that they can. The first thing this morning, I want to suggest to you that there is no greater honor than to be in the presence of our God. we can be invited to the White House to meet the leaders of our country, and it doesn't even measure a bit to being in the presence of God. The thought of His greatness and His power, not to mention the blessings that He gives to each of us, should thrill our souls this morning. You're familiar with Matthew 18 and 19 and 20, where our Lord said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst of them. We should be pleased and elated now, I will tell you, friends, that some people take that scripture and utterly abuse it. They'll say, oh, I can be in my happy place down by the lake and down on the river, and, and I can be at the sports thing, and, and I can turn on my, my radio, or I can turn on the internet, and, and I can, I can uh, listen to service, and, and because it's me and my husband, and there's two of us. You see, that's not what our Lord meant by that. He says that we can worship anywhere. We can worship on side, under a tree. But we have other scriptures that say come together. The early church proved that to us. I've had men through the years, so I, I'm closer to God I, 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 out in the back backyard next to the stream and next to the woods and, and I, just, I just tell them, I said that, that is nothing to that. Those people are not elated or pleased to come into the house of the Lord. In John chapter 4 verses 23 and 24, we find what true worship is we find out what true worship is when our our lord was was talking with a woman there and and, and uh at the well and, and, he, and he says to her you know uh, ask her about these things in her life and, and all these things and and uh you know, giving her water and and call thy husband, he says, and and he knows the answer to all these questions. Well, then she tries to change the subject, doesn't she? She says, our fathers worshipped in the mountains, in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship? You see, God gives us a specific place to worship, and that's in his son's church. Come together with the saints. But then the woman says, and our Lord says to her, hour cometh that when shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, God is the audience, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, true worship is directed by God and to God. It is in spirit and in truth, the way we worship. He has designed that. And worship this morning is truly a foretaste of heaven divine to come. What makes you happy? What makes you glad? Something somewhere else. People are big into, uh, into kayaking now. They, they take long trips in kayaking and uh, canoeing and those types of things and often I see pictures posted on the Lord's Day. I'm in my happy place. Really? That should not be our happy place. That's one of the blessings of God, the beauty of God's creation. And God, never, God has never created anything or put anything in your life that he wants to put you to put before him. Nothing. Most grandest place. Number two. There's no greater honor, as we said, to be in the presence of God, but number two, we're made, we are made glad in worship because of the songs we sing. Hymns that we sing have been often referred to as some of the holiest thoughts of the holiest men in their holiest moments. But also, let me just say that our songs are not God-breathed. They're not inspired. They have the air of man in them. But many hymns That we know of are often lifted directly from Scripture. The songs that we sing should lift our spirits and comfort our hearts and soothe our souls in the toughest of times. But you know, the place we find that is in the house of the Lord. It should make us happy. Oh, when when we sing a while ago, it won't be very long. And that smiling face on that day when our Lord shall appear, that makes me smile. We often sing, I know my family did, when we were in grief, we would sing made us feel better. I've often told you the story that the night that my grandmother, the day that my grandmother died, we all gathered into the living room and we sang. We sang scriptural songs. You see, as we sing these songs, we speak to one another. We speak to one another and we teach one another and we admonish one another. It should be a great experience. It should be a great thing. Ephesians 5 and verse 19. You're very familiar with that scripture. And it says, speaking to yourselves one to another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms, songs, songs, singing and making melody in your heart. You see, they, they mean something. We just don't get up here to sing to hear ourselves sing. We get up here and we sing and the leader leads us in an orderly manner that we are learning and we are teaching our young and we are are encouraging ourselves that one day soon the Lord's going to come back. And it's not going to be very long. You see, I find happiness in that. A lot of people say, well, I'm... I'm really, I, I'm really enjoying life down here. I, I, just, I just got a new car and I just got a new boat and I just got a new home and I just got, bought this and I bought that and I really hadn't had time to enjoy that. You see, we get confused. It should make us happy when we teach and make melody in our heart to the Lord. Colossians 3 and verse 16, you're very familiar Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with what? Grace in your hearts to the Lord. You see, we use these songs to impart knowledge to those of us who are listening and singing. It should make us happy. It's a proven fact, scientific fact, that people, when they sing or they hear a song that they really like and enjoy, it really increases and, and produces the morphosisms or whatever they call them in your body uh, that make you feel good. And that's the effect that we should have in our singing and our worship to God. What makes you glad today? What makes you happy? Is this your happy place or is it not? But thirdly, we find fellowship. We find the fellowship that we enjoy with those of like precious faith should be another reason for our gladness. It should be a reason for it. We find people of the same faith. We all, where else in the world can you find, some, find a place that you can go where everybody is on the same page. Those who are Christians, let me put it that way. Where else? You can't. Everywhere you go, you go to work, you got this opinion, you have this opinion. I think this is the way it should be done, this is the way it should be done. I think we should start at this time, I think we should start at this time. I, you, you go to a, a ball game, and everybody sees the the, the, the the playing of the game differently. We see a lot of times coaches sitting in the stands, <laughs> because believe it or not, we hear it. I'm ever on the sideline or even in the box I, I can hear people holler well I wish they had run the ball well we've done that and we've got negative 40 yards <laughs> it ain't working but because their sons are running back they want to run the ball they want him to have the glory <laughs> but you know we are when we come together we're in a place of Precious faith, like precious faith. The early church sought, sought, sought value in this. In Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47. You're very familiar with this passage that at the end of the day of the, uh, the chapter on Pentecost. Once about those three thousand souls that had been baptized, says they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Watch it right here. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You see, they had their happy place, didn't they? They found where something that made them glad. And we would do well today in 2022 to have that same thought process. That we were glad when they said "Let us coming to the house of the Lord. They were glad when the church came together. No matter how many times a week. You say we've got a gospel meeting starting next weekend. You will have an opportunity every night to come and hear the gospel preached. It will be an opportunity for you to bring someone who's not a Christian. But the question I ask, what will hinder you? Will that happy place of the world hinder you from being here? Or will this be the happy place that you'll want to be? Will it be a ball game? Will it be a sporting event? Will it be a hobby? Will it be, uh, now sometimes I know we've got to work and, and because we can't get out of situations, but will you ask for overtime? What will hinder you? What happy place will replace what the true happy place should be? We have that opportunity every week when we come together. But we have the gospel meeting coming up. A gospel meeting is not just to save the lost. It is to encourage us, uplift us, and to teach us more about Christ and more about God's will for us. Several examples throughout the book of Acts as well as the epistles reveal the early Christians love and support for one another. You go to in the book of Acts in chapter 20. Notice this with me. Chapter 20 and starting in verse 36 Paul oh, spoke with the Ephesian elders. It says that when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all, and they all wept sore, and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more, and they accompanied him unto the ship. You see. They were sad. They were glad to meet with one another, but sad upon parting because they loved them, loved each other. They were sad because they weren't going to see him anymore. See, they were with their happy place, the happy place of being with the brethren, their brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, that's something we don't hear a lot anymore in the Lord's church. Is a reference to Brother Larry, Brother James, Brother Jimmy, Brother Jamie, Brother Jeff, Brother Vince. We don't hear that do a lot, do we, anymore? Or sister so and so. You see, we're in a family. We're in a family that loves and respects one another. And we are to enjoy being together. Lastly, four things is we are made glad by the good news we hear when the word is preached. Hearing the gospel preached should make every one of us happy. It should make us excited. We should say, sometimes we get amens in here. And, and that's when a man says, I agree with what you say. I believe the same thing you believe. It should make us happy. The good news. You see, the glorious gospel is the greatest news ever. In a world saturated with bad news, we get bad news every day. But the story of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ Gives a lost, dark, sad world hope. It gives us hope. When we come together and we hear the word preached, it gives us hope. And we sing those songs, it's not going to be long. And we get to go home and be with the Lord. All the aches and pain, and all the cancers and all the diseases are all gone. No more stress at work. No more stress with this or that. No more dying. No more crying. That last tear that you shed before you leave this world is the last one for eternity. No more crying. We have hope. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, Paul writes, he says, it's the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Paul says, I have a responsibility. I've got to keep it. I've got to preach it. I can't keep quiet. I've got to tell the good news. Because it's the power, he says, of God unto salvation. And this morning, by hearing, believing, and obeying the gospel, This morning you can find salvation from sin. And you can, and its consequences can be received and enjoyed. You can find forgiveness of sin. You can find joy and peace because the rest of Psalms 120, uh, we read this one, 122, is that the psalmist writes about the peace that comes in being in the house of the Lord. Go back and read the rest of that this afternoon. The rest of that chapter talks about the peace. You see those, 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 through 4 talks about those things. When it says to us, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. But which also, Paul writes, which are you saved, if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I have also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. I will tell you what, the death and burial and resurrection is the hub of the gospel. It's what everything else centers around. This morning, maybe you need to become a Christian. Maybe you need to repent of sin and make things right. We encourage you to do that this morning. Don't leave in an undone condition. Please, find true happiness. The things of this world will pass by and will only provide you happiness for a little while. Latch on and be added to the body of Christ to find true happiness this morning. Will you come, that together we stand as we sing.